So I saw this article right here. It says, uh, students in Colorado shooting face murder and other charges. Two students suspected of shooting nine classmates, one fatally, in their Colorado charter school appeared in court this past Wednesday to face dozens of criminal charges that included murder and attempted murder. You have to ask yourself, what's going on with the rural folks? You know, what is going on? Why are people so mad and angry and decide to just go out and shoot others and shoot themselves? What has gone so terribly wrong in their lives that would make somebody do that? The insanity, the hatred, combination of the two. How did that get into their heads? That's where people should be focusing on, right there. Never mind having stricter gun laws because that never changes anything. The parents of the teen who was killed in the attack looked on before attending to their son's memorial service. Senior Kendrick Costello was just days from graduating when he was slain while trying to stop one of the gunmen during the May 7th attack at the STEM School Highlands Ranch. Not sure from the scene of the 1999 Columbine Massacre. Just right down the road in Colorado. Investigators say the accused assailants, 18-year-old Devin Erickson and 16-year-old Alec McKinney, opened fire with handguns. They were arrested at the school. A lot of times these people commit suicide or they have it out with the police in a gun shoot and they end up getting killed. But not this time. They were arrested at the school. While court documents are sealed, the charges against the teenagers listed in electronic court records also included theft and arson. Prosecutor said both will be tried as adults. McKinney's attorney, Era O'Hanian, said she would seek to move McKinney's case back to juvenile court. I don't think so, folks. Should be tried as an adult. You know, one is 18, is adult. The other one is 16. Might as well be considered adult because the Democrats want to drop the voting age to 16 and allow these children to vote because they're naive and gullible and they're being indoctrinated in our schools to vote Democrat. So if they want them to vote as adults when they're 16 years old, then this person should be tried as an adult along with the other individual who was 18. Devin Erickson. Judge Teresa Slade denied the prosecution's request to make some of the documents public, but said she would address the issue at the next hearing on June 7th. What could have happened to these two kids? One's 18, the other one's 16. To make them get up in a classroom and just start shooting people. For what reason? You know, whatever reason that they had, 
is just insanity. It's like I said, when I was growing up, went to Spalding High School up in Barrie. You know, and pretty much everybody, you know, they did hunting, fishing, came to school with guns in their car. You could look out the window and see somebody's pickup truck with a gun rack in the back of it. And in school they had woodworking class. And pretty much everybody made a gun rack. I made one myself. Held four guns. Had a storage compartment on the bottom. Had felt built into it so your guns wouldn't get scratched up. Stained it all afterwards. It was a beautiful thing. It was common for boys to make gun racks in woodworking class. You know, people would put them in their vehicles and hang guns in them. Right in the high school parking lot in broad daylight with the doors not even locked. And a lot of these guns were even loaded. That's the crazy part of it. But nobody went around taking the guns out of their car, bringing them into the classroom and shooting everybody. And I tell you, life was a lot harder in those days. Back in those days, nobody was walking around with a $1,000 iPhone when you're in your teens. Nobody had a big screen TV in every room of the house. A lot of people didn't even have televisions. And if they did, was in the living room. There weren't many channels in those days. It was basically channel 3, 5, and 22. And we didn't have them remote control. You had to actually get up out of the chair and change the channels by hand. In those days, we would go out and mow lawns, paint fences, do whatever we could to raise money, and then go buy our own bicycles. That's what we had, folks, bicycles. Didn't really even have skateboards in those days. They had skateboards, but they had the metal wheels on them. They were pretty clunky, not very good to get around on. You had to actually go out and work in those days to earn money. When I was in fifth grade, I used to work at the tomato packaging plant on Granite Street in Barrie. A friend of mine's mother worked there, and she got us part-time jobs after school packaging tomatoes. We put in probably about 20 hours a week. We had a radio playing. We were all joking around. We were working really hard earning our own money. It's a good feeling. Packaging tomatoes. Nowadays, kids don't even go out and mow the lawn. They hire people to do that. These kids got a $1,000 iPhone. They got a big screen TV in their room. They're driving their parents' BMWs and stuff. They got a refrigerator full of food. Kids don't have to do nothing. And then the parents get them out of the house by sending them off to college for four or five or six years. When Obama was the president for eight years, the economy was doing bad. We had a flat GDP every year. Obama himself said that President Trump was not going to bring jobs back to the United States. He would need a magic wand. And people should just get used to having a flat GDP. Those were the exact words that Obama said. So there's no way in hell that Obama can take credit 
for this economy that's booming right now with like a 3.6 unemployment rate. They say there's actually more jobs out there available than there are people applying for jobs. The economy hasn't been this good, they say, in like 60 years. And still, the Democrats, because they act like a bunch of fascists who don't care about the economy or you and your well-being, they only care about gaining power, control of the House and the Senate and the presidency, gaining your vote and your money to help them get reelected. That's all they care about. You know, they're going out on resist tours. Bernie Sanders, Hillary, Obama, telling people to resist anything that the Trump administration has to offer you for improving your life and the well-being of every person in the United States of America. And that also has a rippling effect going around the world too, folks. It's not just our economy that's doing good. It's a lot of other people's economies around the world that are thriving also because of this president and his administration. And he does not have a magic wand, like Obama said. What he does have is the trust of the people, that things will get better. So people are feeling good about expanding their businesses, about creating new businesses, about spending money on boosting the economy. That's what it's all about, folks. What you need to do is take off your shirt that says resist, reach your hand across the aisle, and work with the Republican Party on making things even better than they are now. I tell people most of the time, it's not the politicians in Washington, D.C. that are screwing us over. It's the local politicians that are screwing you over. You know, they're the ones that are trying to shove a carbon tax down our throats, increasing the price of fossil fuels by approximately a dollar a gallon. I think the last time I was on this show, I was reading an article how the legislators of Montpelier passed a bill saying how they were doubling the tax on heating home oils and whatnot. Doubling the tax, can you imagine that? But they're saying it's going to be beneficial because they're going to take that money and put it into programs weatherizing your homes. But what they failed to tell you is that a lot of these legislators, they're landlords. They have a lot of rental units. And you know for a fact that when they double the taxes on fossil fuels, home heating oils and whatnot, that money's gonna go towards weatherizing their rental units. And you know it, folks. I'm not making this stuff up. If you watch the news every night, you know, like I've said a billion times, that go to any city hall, get a copy of the budget, and you'll see that each department, like the police, fire department, water department, spends over 90% of their budgets on their own salaries and benefits. 
hate sounding like a broken record, but until people realize that, put an end to it, you're going to be driving down these roads full of potholes. You're going to have these auditoriums like we have sitting there empty for years because they don't have the money for the upkeep. They don't have money to do anything with them. Makes you wonder about when they want to shove a carbon tax down your throat of about a dollar a gallon. And the government's the largest employer in the state of Vermont. Does that affect them? You know, we've read articles before about how people were going down to the town garage on Pine Street, pulling up to the gas pumps out back and filling up their gas tanks at taxpayers' expense, right? We've all read that. And if that wasn't bad enough, they would fill up their gas tanks, go home, siphon the gas out, sell it to people, families and friends, and then go down and fill up their tank again. Numerous times. And they got busted. They got a slap on their wrist. And they says, oh, they won't be doing it anymore. Well, how do we know? How do we know they are not haven't been doing that? What's to stop them? God only knows, folks. I saw this article right here. It says, the Vermont House gives preliminary approval to a 24-hour waiting period. Once again, folks, it's the local government. It says, people who want to buy a handgun in Vermont could have to wait 24 hours to get their hands on it. Vermont lawmakers in the House gave preliminary approval to a gun bill that will enact a 24-hour waiting period to buy a handgun on a vote of 82 to 58, assuming that the Democrats voted 82 and the Republicans voted 58. The Democrats have so much power in the state of Vermont that they can override the governor's veto. I don't believe they've done it yet, but they have the power to. It says, supporters say the waiting period gives gun dealers more time to run a background check and better protect suicidal people and domestic violence victims. Once again, folks, like I say, they should be really researching into why people are suicidal and why is there so much domestic violence. It's because Vermont is ranked as like the highest tax state in the United States. Is it because there's not really any good jobs in Vermont and people have to move out? Especially your children after they graduate from college. They can't really find a job to pay off the student loans. So they have to move out of state. That's the key, folks. It's not the guns. It's the domestic violence. Right? You could be killed with a knife. Somebody could drop a piano on your head like Wiley Coyote, right? more than one way to kill a person. But what we should be looking into is why are people suicidal? 
because it's expensive to live? They can't afford to live? What is it? We should be researching that. Opponents say a waiting period infringes on the Second Amendment rights of responsible gun owners, and they say it would hurt Vermont gun shows. It's only 24 hours, folks, not the end of the world. The Senate passed the bill after scaling it back from a 48-hour waiting period. The House is planning to hold a vote Thursday, which was yesterday. Haven't heard the results yet. Governor Phil Scott recently said he saw no need for new gun legislation following last year's sweeping changes. Speaking at a State House news conference this past Thursday, he said he hasn't seen the bill yet, but once he receives it officially, he will study it and make a decision. The bill also updates and provides clarity on restrictions on high capacity ammunition feeding devices. Magazines that hold what is it, about 30 rounds of ammunition, I believe it is. They want to outlaw them. Doesn't matter. You know, you can just drop a clip, throw in another clip. A lot of these people, they're not using AR-15s or AK-47s. A lot of them are using like 9mm Glocks, which aren't the best guns in the world. You know, they hold about 15 bullets, I guess, in a clip, and they shoot rapid fire just about as fast as you can squeeze a trigger it's like shooting a 22 I mean people have literally been shot several times with a 9 millimeter and go to the hospital and they just pull these bullets out of them they're like 22s it's not like when you're getting shot with a 44 or a 45 guns that are made to kill and stop a person dead in their tracks. I mean, you shoot somebody with a 44, and it's going to put a hole in them big enough to throw a cat through without even touching a claw. <laughs> Literally. Nobody needs guns like that, they say. So you have to ask yourself, why is it when I'm watching the news the other night, and I see the annual Burlington Police Department barbecue, right? Being held up on Union Street, I believe it is, in front of the school. They had a lot of police officers there that you could meet and greet. It's a police barbecue. It's held every year annually. And they had the truck there, the bomb squad truck. They had some robots that would be used remotely to detonate bombs. And you have to say to yourself, we're in the 21st century. More people are higher educated than ever. So why in the hell are the police walking around with riot gear? Why do we have a bomb squad? In the little old city of Burlington, Vermont, population in the city now is probably, what, pushing about 50,000? Police running around with riot gear, 
and we have a bomb squad. We have robots, uh, robots that detonate bombs. You know, what the heck has gone on with society, folks? You know, about 25, 30 years ago, there weren't really a lot of homeless people in Burlington. I remember they had this old guy named George. He was a homeless guy, and he walked around with a yellow construction hard hat on all the time. And he was staying, like, out in front of the Flynn Theater. And at nighttime, they'd be out there selling hot dogs and whatever. And people would buy him a hot dog, and they adopted George, the homeless guy, and took good care of him. And, you know, he lived out in the alley behind the Flynn Theater. I'm sure there was other homeless people throughout Burlington, but not like it is now, folks. A lot of people have moved into the city of Burlington. There's no affordable housing, like I said. But they're building a lot of hotels and stuff, though. For what? For out-of-staters to come here and visit? For leaf peepers? It's not right, like I said. There's a lot of land on the Intervale Farms off of Riverside Avenue, and they could build a thousand units of affordable housing down there very easily. But the slumlords in the city of Burlington don't want any competition. That's right, folks. Talking about slums. Pretty much the entire city of Burlington is a slum. I tell my wife that if we didn't live here, if we weren't from Vermont, and we came here from, say, for instance, California, and we were driving around, say, Riverside Avenue, and we saw all of these purple and green and pink and orange buildings, right? If we saw all of these old dilapidated houses over 100 years old down in the North Street area, down in the King Street area, which is the majority of the city, basically there's the hill section where the rich people and the college kids live, all crammed into apartment houses. Then there's the New North End where I live, which isn't a bunch of extravagant houses. We're all mostly blue-collar workers out there living on a quiet street. One thing we don't want is people buying properties on our residential streets and turning them into Airbnbs. That's why they have zoning laws, folks. And like I said, it's no affordable housing as it is now. So when people are coming along buying rental units, residential homes, and they're turning them into Airbnbs, something needs to be realized and done about it. That's what I say. I think maybe it's time to go to another song. What are we looking at here? This is an oldie but a goodie right here. My Chemical Romance. It's a song called The Ghost of You. Don't hear from those guys anymore, My Chemical Romance. It's like they just dropped right off of the face of the planet. It's a good song, so you might want to turn this up. 
got about a half hour left of the show. My good friend Jerome P. Alimony is going to be coming in, taking over at 8 o'clock. Or he's got to record a show and I'll turn the automation on for him. He's the founder of North Star Radio. So I hope you all stick around every week from 8 to 10 and tune in to him also. Because he's a very talented rapper. Him and all his friends. Tune in to him as well. So crank this up for a little My Chemical Romance.
that was My Chemical Romance with a song called The Ghost of You. Speaking of war, I saw this on the news. The U.S. pulls non-essential staff from Iraq amid Mideast tensions. As always, with Iraq and Iran, a lot of tensions going on over there in the Middle East. The U.S. on Wednesday ordered all non-essential government staff to leave Iraq and Germany and the Netherlands both suspended their military assistance programs in the country in the latest signs of tension sweeping the Persian Gulf region over still unspecified threats that the Trump administration says are linked to Iran. The country that's always chanting death to America, burns our flags in the street, Obama and his administration gave them over $150 billion cash. Imagine that. Where did they get that $150 some odd billion dollars from in cash? We all saw it on the news. These reporters were videotaping forklifts with pallets and pallets of money. Cold, hard cash loading it on the planes, sending it around the world. And then eventually, it was going to end up over in Iran. They were going to change the currency to Deutschmarks and Euros and Sterling Pounds and whatever. And it was all going over to Iran. What's that all about? Personally, I think that things are about ready to hit the fan. We have a new Attorney General, William Barr. And he comes out and says flat out that, in his opinion, there is spying going on from Obama and his administration against Donald Trump during a 2016 election. They thought Hillary was a shoo-in. No one ever suspected that Donald Trump would become president of the United States. And there's a coup against him to get him removed from office. And I've said right here for like the last couple of years, folks, that Obama and his administration, they know that when we get a decent attorney general who's ready to look into this phony dossier, that no one ever researched, but they all agreed to go ahead and try to unseat the President of the United States with it. They know it was paid for by Hillary Clinton. Everybody knows the DNC was broke and Hillary Clinton gave them $20 million during the election cycle in order to steal the Democratic nomination away from Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders knew this too. It was all over the news. Hillary gave the DNC $20 million and they gave her the nomination for President of the United States, which rightfully should have went to Bernie Sanders. But Bernie didn't do nothing about it. And I said here from day one a couple years ago that Bernie's an old man. He was 76 years old at a time has a history 
of being involved in politics all his life, accomplishing nothing for the people. And he didn't want to be president, folks. Not when you're 76 years old and you've never done anything all your life. I said that he was just in the race to take the heat off of Hillary Clinton and to get some retirement money. And he did just that. And he got himself a house on the beach on Lake Champlain. Whether he got that money from Hillary, we'll never know. His wife closed down Burlington College. They were being investigated for $10 million bank fraud. Is that where they got the money from? They swept the investigation under the rug. So God only knows. We'll never know for sure, will we? Politics as usual, folks. That's what that's called. But like I said, Obama and his administration sent over $150 billion cash to Iran. I'm sure other countries got some money too. Because when it hits the fan over here and the indictments are coming down and the Democrats are being prosecuted for treason to trying to unseat the President of the United States, I believe a lot of them will be hightailing it to Iran. You see a lot of these politicians leaving the country and you found out they've gone over to like Iran, for instance, or these other countries that will refuse to extradite them back to the United States of America to be prosecuted, then you'll see where I've been coming from for the last couple of years, folks. We're at a tipping point right now. Devin Nunes, Trey Gowdy and those guys on the White House investigation committees been spoon-feeding it to the public little at a time just like you do a baby you can't just put a steak in front of a baby and tell them to eat it all at once You've got to start them off with some soft foods let them get used to chewing on the facts of life then it's going to come to a tipping point where even the staunchest of Democrats are going to have to openly admit that the Democrats took this phony dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton to try to unseat the President of the United States. And we know for a fact now that none of them verified any of this information. And if what they're saying is from the James Comey report, he basically used information in his report that he got off of outlets like CNN News, MSNBC. Terrible, isn't it? One thing we know for a fact is that James Comey and Robert Mueller and those guys, they all got rich off of this deal trying to unseat the President of the United States of America. But like I said, folks, there's a reason they took over $150 billion and got it out of the United States cash in the darkness of the night to send it over to countries that will not extradite Obama and his administration back to the United States to be prosecuted for treason.
That's right around the corner, folks. Tensions in Iraq right now, in Iran. It says right here, recent days have seen allegations of sabotage targeting oil tankers off the coast of the United States, Arab Emirates. A drone strike by Yemen's Iranian-allied Houthi rebels and the dispatch of U.S. warships and bombers to the region. At the root, this appears to be President Donald Trump's decision a year ago to pull the U.S. from Iran's nuclear deal, with world powers embarking on a maximalist sanctions campaign against Tehran. In response, Iran's supreme leader issued a veiled threat this past Tuesday, saying it wouldn't be difficult for the Islamic Republic to enrich uranium to weapons-grade levels. Well, I'm sure that it isn't. They probably already have nuclear weapons. And maybe they're in cahoots with North Korea on how to fire these nuclear weapons. They're working hand-in-hand, along with the Russians, behind our back. And the talks are stalled. They won't come to the table and try to work on agreements and settlements. Because you have these people like John Kerry going around the world telling these people just ignore President Trump and his administration because he's got a feeling that President Trump will be impeached and he'll be thrown out of office in about a year. That's high treason right there, folks. So that goes against the Logan Act. Everybody is saying that John Kerry should be prosecuted for violating the Logan Act. And he very well should be. Maybe he'll come to that. Just resist. That's their word, isn't it? Just resist anything that this administration says to you or wants to talk to you about because they have a feeling that Trump is going to be impeached and out of office within a year. Well, I hope these folks aren't holding their breath because there's going to be a lot of people pulled from office. It's going to be Democrats for treason. says, the movement of diplomatic personnel is often done in times of conflict. But what is driving the decisions from the White House remains unclear. A high-ranking British general said, there is no new threat from Iran or its regional proxies, something immediately bearded by the U.S. military central command, which said its troops were on high alert without elaborating. Yes, they are, folks. They're on high alert. And we have aircraft carriers sitting off the coastline, loaded with Tomahawk missiles, nuclear weapons. We've got submarines floating around underwater over there, loaded down with nuclear weapons, just waiting for the word. Myself, personally, I think we should send troops into Iran. I've always said this. And go in there and inspect their nuclear facilities. Because I believe if they don't already have the capability of producing nuclear weapons, they're not very far off from it. And we've been hearing the same old story since the 70s when I myself was in the United States Navy. 
when they took the 52 hostages. We've been fooling around with these Iranians since the 70s. It's the same old story, same old song and dance, like Mr. Steve Tyler from Aerosmith says. Greatest band in the world. I don't know, folks. We ought to just send the troops in, inspect their nuclear facilities, search the whole country because we know they have facilities that are hiding from us before it's too late because they themselves aren't afraid to say that when they have nuclear weapon capability, they're going to wipe Israel off the face of the planet and then they're coming for us. Well, personally, I think they would be wiser to do it the other way around because we're a way bigger threat to Iran than Israel is. And if they ever did anything like that to Israel, the United States would retaliate on Israel's behalf and wipe Iran off the face of the planet. So, I'm pretty certain that if they do have any nuclear weapons... They're pointing at us right now. And you think about it. Obama and Hillary and their administration sold 20% of our uranium to Russia. The evil empire, they say. Sold 20% of our uranium to evil Russia. Is that treason right there? I would definitely say so. And you know that they have the capability of making nuclear weapons and putting them on missiles with the capability of reaching the United States or anywhere else in the world. And Russia probably sold that technology to these other countries like North Korea and Iran. Or they, you know, people need to be asking themselves, what happened to that uranium that we sold to Russia? You know darn well they made it into weapons. And right now these missiles are pointing right at the United States of America. That only makes sense, doesn't it? Sure does. I don't know. Where do you go from there? It's like they've always said. It only takes one missile to be exploded over one of our electrical grids in a major metropolitan area such as New York or Chicago or California. Can you imagine millions of people being without electricity? Everything is computerized nowadays. You can't even get the gasoline out of the ground it's all electronics and computers can you imagine New York City without electricity their power grid blown up it's unimaginable and they say they don't even know how long it would take to get that nuclear grid, I mean that electrical grid, back up and running. It would be total chaos. People would be killing one another in a frenzied panic. 
people would be starving to death. That's reality that we're looking at, folks. And that's why President Trump was smart to create the Space Force. Not the Air Force, the Space Force. Something that's going to protect our electrical grids. I saw this guy on the news, and he was the head of that department, and he said for the entire eight years that Obama was the President of the United States, they tried to get him to come to just one meeting and discuss what would happen if a little country like North Korea launched a nuclear missile and blew it up and exploded just one of our electrical grids. The chaos and the death that it would create. And he said that in eight years time Obama never went to one single meeting. And he said that it wouldn't take a lot of money to correct this problem and keep us all safe from such a deadly and devastating incident. But they could never get the money from Obama or his Defense Department. Why is that? Why wouldn't Obama look reality in the eye and say, hey, we need to protect our electrical grids. We need to keep millions of people alive. We need to prevent chaos. You have to ask yourself that, folks, whether you're Republican or Democrat, progressive, libertarian, whatever you are. You're living in the United States, and the president's number one priority, my one number one priority, your number one priority, is to keep us all safe and to live in peace. That's what the Pledge of Allegiance is about, folks. By assimilating to the Constitution and the rules of the United States, by wanting to be a part of this great country, the greatest country in the world, by wanting to be a part of that, is what has got us as far as we are. will to succeed. All of these refugees that we bring here, there's no wars going on in their countries anymore. They can go home to where they came from and they can make their countries great again like we're doing here in the United States. We don't need to keep importing welfare recipients who don't want to assimilate. A lot of these people come right out and blatantly say that they're here to take over. They're here to behead us. I read an article last week. It was uh, some school, what is it, down in Pennsylvania. They were sitting there singing songs with the children about taking over the United States and cutting all of our heads off. Those people should have all been instantly arrested and deported. Insanity 
is what has taken over the United States, folks. I've always said that the government has had these brainwashing programs going on for decades. And I think they're succeeding. Because I used to say that the Democratic Party was a sign of mental instability. All the crazy things they do. It's like a contest. They sit around and think, what's the craziest thing that we can do or say? And then they put it out there for the public. They're saying, you know, the president is a Russian spy. That crazy. Say a lot of things about the president and his family and his children and even his youngest son, Baron. They did the same thing to Sarah Palin when she ran for president along uh, with John McCain was running for president. She was his running mate for vice president. They said a lot of disgusting, evil things about her and her children. Only a mentally unstable person would say things like that. But it's always been that way with the Democrats. They did the same thing with Ronald Reagan. They did the same thing with George W. Bush. Does anybody remember right here in little old Burlington, Vermont, how these protesters would stand at the top of Church Street every single day protesting George W. Bush, saying they should impeach him? You know, they were trying to pass laws in Vermont saying that he was a war criminal. And if he ever stepped foot in Vermont, they were going to arrest George W. Bush for war crimes. Crazy, huh? They treated Ronald Reagan like this. Sarah Palin. Not so much John McCain because he is a rhino all his life and everybody knew it. Doing the same thing to Donald Trump now. It's a common hatred. You turn on the news media. Every single channel, basically, CNN, MSNBC, all the liberal media outlets. They all join forces to hate Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush, Sarah Palin, Donald Trump. That's how the Democrats are. It's basically fascism. People like Hitler and Mussolini, Stalin... All of those crazy lunatics, they all realize that people have basically one thing in common, and that's hatred. And if you can get those people to commonly hate something, to hate something in common, you can whip them into a frenzy and spread that hatred to get your way. You know, to use a phony dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton. You can get all of these people, like the FBI, James Comey and those guys, to all vote to go ahead and try to unseat the President of the United States with a phony dossier. All done through hatred. But we have an Attorney General now, William Barr, 
who seems old school. He's not afraid to come out and say that uh, a lot of things have been done improperly. He's going to get to the bottom of it. Two sides to every coin, folks. You know, they spent approximately $40 million or so, they say, and I'll bet it was a lot more than that, investigating Donald Trump, all of his business colleagues and contacts, his family, friends, his children, looking for dirt to try to impeach Donald Trump with. But they didn't find anything. They said that Trump was going to fire Rosenstein, James Comey, Robert Mueller. But all he did was fire James Comey. And that was at the recommendation of Rosenstein, his boss, and everybody else in Washington that hated James Comey because he's a rat bum. going to get to the side of the Democrats, folks. Because like I said, there's two sides to every coin. There was no corruption because he didn't fire Rosenstein or Robert Mueller. Everybody said, we're just going to wait it out, see what the Mueller report says. And they did. Went on for almost three years. You know what it says? Nothing. So, Democrats don't like that answer. So now they're all turning on Robert Mueller. They're turning on the new Attorney General, William Barr. But you know, folks, like I said, Donald Trump during the election said Trump Plaza was wired. And they proved that it was. They proved that it was. And we saw on the news that Donald Trump invited everybody from around the world to come to Trump Towers and meet with him. And I'm sure he recorded all their conversations. And now he's going to use it against them. Right? One of the first things that he did when he became president, he elected this fellow to be the Attorney General of Connecticut. The guy that they hired about 25 years ago to go into the Boston area and clean up the corrupt FBI. And now he's been positioned again by the new Attorney General William Barr to clean up the FBI again. History repeats itself, folks. This is one of the first people that Donald Trump appointed as Attorney General. Connecticut when he stepped foot in office so you can see how it was all planned Trump just let them all come to Trump Towers the place was wired by Obama and his administration he just let them all talk just keep on talking and he recorded all of this himself and now they're all going to hang for treason Donald Trump's not as dumb as they say folks it's time for us to go I'm going to leave you with a song called The Other Side by Red Sun Rising. Hope you all enjoyed the show today. Go to my Facebook page, Louie Live, and ask to join the group. 
And I'll see you back here next week, every Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. Have a good weekend. Bye. podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.